I think I'm getting the hang of this now, Jake. I told you it was easy. I suppose it helps knowing that there's nothing, you know, dangerous beneath us if we fall. Yeah, about that, Kira. Jake! Welcome to KidCast. It's episode six and this week things are getting a bit wild. I'm joined by my jungle swinging friend. Jake Burns. Who did not mention the venomous snakes or poisonous dart frogs. I had every faith in your brachiation skills. My what? Brachiation is how monkeys swing from one handhold to another. I never knew there was a word for that. Would you generally describe yourself as a wild character, Jake? Yeah, I feel like I'm very outgoing and I love exploring and adventuring different places. Would you describe yourself as a wild character? I probably was a bit wilder in my younger days, but to be honest now, I'd say wild for me is more along the lines of a long forest walk these days. I was thinking about real wild children. Like Mowgli. If you don't know who Mowgli is, Mowgli is this kid from a movie called The Jungle Book, where it's all about him being raised in the jungle by monkeys, bears and tigers and all. Did you know there were children who have actually been raised in the wild in real life. In the 90s, there was a three-year-old girl in Ukraine. She was raised by a pack of wild dogs for five years. When she was found, she moved around on all fours and barked exactly like a dog and the dogs were really protective of her. So she kind of turned into a dog almost? Yeah. That is so bizarre. It's one thing for a pack of dogs to take in a human as their own, but another for such a young child to even be able to survive in the wild. An incredible story. It's quite similar actually to Marina Chapman. She was a child who went missing in Colombia when she was five and it turned out that she was taken care of by a group of monkeys and they taught her how to catch birds and how to catch rabbits with her bare hands. Wow. I don't think anything like that would happen in Ireland though. The country's just too small. Everyone knows everyone or at least knows someone who knows someone who you know. That is so true. But we're going to be looking at lots of different ideas of wild on the show today. Can you tell us what we have to look forward to please Jake? Absolutely. I'm heading off on safari to meet our friends Deren and Jack in Tanzania. Ronan's on game time with Taboo. A brave reptile reporter Jay visits the National Reptile Zoo in Kilkenny and I'm going to be chatting to wildlife cameraman and presenter Colin Stafford Johnson. And I believe to kick things off Ethan has got something wild to get our cogs turning. Hi, I'm Ethan. I'm 11 years old and I'm from Dublin. Here's a wild riddle for you all. Six brothers went camping one weekend. Brother one spent his time reading. Brother two played Scrabble. Brother three wrote postcards. Brother four did the cooking. Brother five photographed the trip. What did brother six do? I think I might know. Really? Yeah. Okay, do not tell me. I want to get this riddle. Are you serious that you actually think you know? I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I know. Hold that thought. I really, really, really hope we get it this week. Okay, Ethan, we'll be back to you later on in the show. As always, you can send in your answers or your own riddles, in fact, to info at kidcast.ie and you can get in touch with us on our kidcast.ie website too. Jake, did you hear Roisin Highland's joke that she sent in? What do you call a crocodile who likes bowling? An alligator. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have some more wild jokes later, but now it's Avian and Luke with Kidcast News. Hi, I'm Avian and I'm Luke, reporting for KidCast News. In this week's headlines, whales capturing CO2, Alaskan dog bus, 32 new species discovered, and animal-friendly hotel. 
A new study has found that whales capture about 33 tonnes of carbon dioxide in their 16th year lifespan. Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas which heats up our atmosphere and can be very damaging. When a whale dies, they sink to the bottom of the ocean, locking away that carbon dioxide for hundreds of years. So look after those whales, people. A group of dogs in Skagway, Alaska don't have to walk to daycare, they take the bus. Amaru, a five-year-old rescue dog, waits on the path every day and jumps onto his dedicated seat when the bus arrives. The bus is run by TikTok sensation Mo Mountain Mutts, a local dog walking and training business who provide off-lead walks for dogs. 32 new species of animals were discovered last year, including a new species of owl. It was noticed by its distinctive call, a rapidly repeated hoo note that almost sounds like an insect. Added to the list are an insular tree frog in Papua New Guinea, a sloth in Brazil, and a millipede named after Taylor Swift. Maybe the next one will be named after me. A 15th century building in Kent, England is to be converted into a boutique hotel where animals will be able to enter through windows and doors during dining. It will be the first experience of its kind outside of Africa. And there is a whopping 9,000 people on the waiting list. I'm Luke. And I'm Avine. And, and that's, that's your Kid Cat News. Thanks, Luke and Avine. That hotel sounds amazing. That sounds so fun. I would love to stay somewhere like that. You get to see all animals and all. I know. Now, I don't know what animals are going to yeah. be there. Because obviously tigers and elephants wouldn't be native to Kent <laughs> in England. Do you think the animals would steal people's food, though? Like when they're sitting there eating? I feel like a lot of the people would probably feed the animals as well. Maybe they have special food to give to the animals. Speaking of food, generally when we think wild, we think of wild animals. But did you know that wild food is actually becoming more and more popular? That's right. A couple of years ago, a new green Michelin star was introduced. It's to recognise restaurants committed to sustainable foods. What does that mean, though? Well, it's restaurants using ingredients found growing wild in nature, like fruit, berries, mushroom, herbs and nuts, seeds, shellfish, depending on where you live. That sounds really healthy too, because obviously there'd be no pesticides used in foods like that. Yeah, but you have to be careful that you don't pick anything poisonous or from somewhere a dog might have done his business. Oh, very true. So do you reckon is it best left to the professionals then? Not at all. Foraging, or looking for food in the wild, has become really common. So since the pandemic, when people really started making the most of their daily walk and discovering their local environment, lots of people are now exploring with food eyes. Like picking nettles to make nettle soup or wild garlic to make pesto. Mmm, sounds yum. And very like our ancestors, the gatherers, which was just their way of life really, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's still a way of life for a small tribe in Tanzania called the Hadza tribe. They survive by hunting for food with bows and arrows and foraging for edible plants. They're one of the last remaining hunter-gatherer tribes in Africa. That's a fascinating way to live life in our modern age, isn't it? Yeah, I'm actually headed to Tanzania now to chat with Deeran and Jack. Hi, I'm Darren and I'm Jack and we We live in Tanzania in East Africa. Africa is made up of 54 countries and Tanzania is the 13th largest of them. Home to over 63 million people and the currency is the Tanzanian shilling. Tanzania borders the Indian Ocean to the east and lakes Victoria and Tanganyika to the west. It is known for its vast national parks like Salu and the Serengeti. 
so it's a great place to go on safari. It is also home to the highest mountain in Africa, Kilimanjaro. Hi guys, welcome to KidCast. Firstly, I believe you guys are currently on holidays in Zanzibar at the moment. It's as incredible as it looks. Yeah, we like how the sea is never cold and that you can do lots of nice water sports. Oh, sounds fun. So where in Tanzania do you live? In Dar es Salaam, which is the biggest city in Tanzania, but it isn't the capital. Uh, So how long have you been living in Tanzania? For one and a half years. What do you like most about living in Tanzania? The weather and being able to swim all the time. Yeah. As this is our wild episode, I'd love to know about native Tanzanian animals. What are you likely to see in the wild? Lions, giraffes, zebras, sometimes hippos and crocodiles if you're near a lake, and leopards and hyenas as well. Whoa. Have you had any interesting encounters with wild animals? When we were on a safari, a lion walked right past the car and we didn't see it coming. So when we looked out of the window, there was a lion that was right there. Oh my god. It was hunting a warthog. I also had one. When we were having a weekend away, there were monkeys there and three of the monkeys were chasing me down to our house. What happened then after that? We went into the house and locked the door and didn't come out for a little while. They wanted bananas, I think. Yes, they tried to steal bananas from us as well. Were you eating a banana at the time? No, we were carrying bananas for breakfast. Oh. Well, speaking of your breakfast... What's the food like in Tanzania? Since it's next to the sea, there's lots of nice seafood that you can get, like calamari, octopus, lobster. And rice and beans is a very popular Tanzanian dish. Do you have any favourite snacks? Fruit, because there's pineapple and watermelon, and there's oranges and bananas and mangoes and lots of other fruits. And in our compound, there's a coconut tree, which we're never able to climb, but you can see the coconuts growing at the top. And another popular snack is it's called mandazi. It's kind of like a donut without the icing and it's shaped in a triangle and it's deep fried. It's very nice. Oh, that sounds yummy. Tell me about your school. In the mornings, we have to get up at 5.30 because school starts at 6.50. And my school starts at 7.40. I finish school at 1.40. I finish school at 2.30 on normal days and on a Wednesdays it's a short day so I finish at the same time as the elementary school. You sometimes stay in school for after school activities. Is there any different <laughs> subjects than there is in Ireland? We're learning digital design and I'm also doing French. In elementary we do Swahili and I wasn't learning that in Ireland. Is it easier than learning Irish? Easier. (laughs) Because it's phonetic. When you see it written, it's the same way as you would say it. Say, like, hi, kind of casually, you would say mambo. The response to mambo is poa, which actually means power. Oh, that's really interesting. How is the weather different to Ireland? It's very, very, very hot. Even if we're indoors with the AC on. Right now it's 35 degrees. 
there's not really seasons like there are in Ireland. There's no spring, summer, autumn, winter. There's the long wet season, the short wet season, the long dry season, and the short dry season. Right now, we're in the long wet season, which means there's lots of heavy rain, but it's still really hot. When it rains, it's warm. If I was to visit for a day, where should I visit? You should visit one of the national parks, or you should go to one of Tanzania's beaches. The Loo is the largest national park in Tanzania, and you can find lots of animals there. It's bigger than the whole of the Netherlands. Oh, sounds fun. Thanks so much for telling us all about life in Tanzania. Thank Thank you, you, Jake. Now we're going to say goodbye in Swahili. Kwaheri! Kwaheri! Oh, wow. If Darren and Jack haven't given our listeners wanderlust, I don't know what will. What's wanderlust? It's what I've been experiencing since series one, listening to all these around the world guests. It's a feeling of wanting to break away from normal life and to explore something new and unknown. So like living off grid? What exactly would I have to give up now if I was to live off grid? To live off grid literally means disconnecting from the electrical grid and the utilities you'd have in a normal house. So like living in the wild then? For some people, yeah, but for others it's just more simpler way of living, like using solar energy, growing your own food, having a private well. It's a way to connect more with nature and probably save a good bit of money too. Well, yeah, you're making it all sound very nice, but from what you're saying, we couldn't really make a kid cast if we were living off grid, could we? No. Well, we might just park that for the moment then, okay? A good time to check in with Ronan on game time. Hopefully it's not too wild this week. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Ballina, County Mayo. My game for this week is Taboo. Hi Ronan. Hi Ronan. My family loves playing this game at Christmas, but sometimes some people have different ways of playing. So how are we playing today, Ronan? So we both get three cards with a word on each. We have 10 seconds to describe a word to each other. But there's also a list of five words that we can't use when describing. And how do you win, Ronan? If you guess my word correctly, you'll get a point. The best out of three. Ooh, sounds fun. And for our listeners at home, they can see if they can guess all six. I have my three cards. Do you have yours? I do. And this is our wild episode. So to make things a little bit easier for you both, your first words are related to the wild. So Ronan, your 10 seconds starts now. You can find it mostly outside and it has a bit of green on it and a bit of brown on it. What is it? Um, trees. Yeah. Yes. Woo! Very good. We're off to a great start. Okay. So, Jake, you are up. Your 10 seconds starts now. It's got a long tongue. It kind of like slithers around. It's a type of reptile. It has like a scaly back. Any ideas what that is, Ronan? Snake. Yes. Okay, brilliant. So one point each. Well done. So we're on to your second one now, Ronan. When you're ready, your time starts now. It's the holiday that most children love. And the main character in that holiday is a big man with a white beard. Uh, is it Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Very, very good. Okay, Jake, it's back to you. We're 2-1. Can you get a point and make it evens? Here we go. Some people, this is their favourite thing to do at Christmas. You do this three times a day to give your body more energy and this is the thing you do at the end of every day. Eating? Eating what? Oh, eating dinner. 
I'd say now that might be half a point. What do you reckon? It's <laughs> <laughs> my bad description as well. Well, it's very hard. Okie doke. So we're back over to you, Ronan. This is your last word and your 10 seconds starts now. You can use it to look at like things really far and you can, mostly you can see stuff far up into the sky. Telescope? Yeah. Yay. Yay! Well done. So we've locked in three points here in KidCast Studios. And back over to Balana for his third attempt. Are we giving him that second point? Yeah. We are. Okay. To keep your record intact. Your time starts now. You put it around your neck. Um, you can... It's normally like a woolly type of thing. Very good. Oh, guys, you are on fire this morning. That's fantastic. So it's three out of three for Ronan and it's three out of three for Jake. And I wonder if our listeners at home got six out of six. You can let us know. Yeah, well done. Thanks for the great game, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Isabel and I am five years old and I'm from France. My question of the week is, how long have reptiles been on Earth? Reptiles have been roaming the Earth for over 300 million years. Well, one group even evolved to be dinosaurs. While dinosaurs died 65 million years ago, reptiles like turtles, wizards, snakes, alligators and crocodiles survived. A reptile is a cold-blooded, air-breathing animal. Hi, my name is Jay Swimmer. I live in Cortown Harbour and I am eight years old. Today I'm reporting from the National Reptile Zoo in Kilkenny. The National Reptile Zoo is Ireland's only dedicated reptile zoo. The most interesting thing I saw was the snapping turtles because their tongue looks like a worm to entice fish into their mouth. I got to touch a few things during the hourly encounters that they do. I got to touch a corn snake, a millipede and some shredded snake skin. The strangest reptile is the West African snails as they lay luminous yellow eggs out of their necks. The most dangerous thing I saw was the king cobra. Their venom would cause severe pain and eventually paralysis. It's the world's longest venomous snake. I like the Asian water monitors the best. It's a type of lizard and I saw it getting fed. They can grow up to three meters long, but their predator is the king cobra. I had a great time today. It's so interesting, I highly recommend it. This is Jay Swinman reporting from KidCast. Thanks for joining me today at the National Reptile Zoo. Thank you, Isabel and Henry, for your question of the week. And well done to Jay. What a wonderful reptile reporter at the National Reptile Zoo in Kilkenny. It sounds like you had an absolutely wonderful day out. And big thanks to the National Reptile Zoo for having KidCast. How do you feel about reptiles, Jake? I think reptiles are such fascinating creatures and not that much people really pay attention to them. Well, I suppose we probably don't pay a lot of attention to them because there's not many of them naturally in our environment. What would be your favourite reptile? Turtle, probably. I just love the way like turtles move so slow and how like elegant they are and like their shell on their back and all. 
What about that snapping turtle that Jay got up close and personal with at the National Reptile Zoo? Do you think you'd like him as a pet? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Would you like to have a reptile as a pet? Yeah, I would. I feel like reptiles would make such a good pet. I think so too. I think they'd be quite an easy pet. Now, as I mentioned a few times on KidCast that I'm very much a dog person and those adults who follow KidCast on Instagram will have seen a few pictures of Bruno too. But I did live with a snake once. Really? Yes. When I was a teenager, my brother had a snake and I had to be very careful when I was cooking that I didn't mistakenly take one of his little white mice out of the freezer. But I do remember this one time the snake bit him and he couldn't get his thumb out of the snake's hold. So myself and my mum were frantically running around the house trying to figure out how to do this and we were Googling online and then we discovered that you had to put the snake's head under running water. Now, to be fair, he was a wonderful pet and that was the only time that he bit him and he was grand. KidCast listeners will sleep easy tonight knowing how to rescue themselves from a snake bite. Do you know snakes have hairy poo? I did not know that. That is not something I had to experience during my house share with a snake. Tell me, why do they have hairy poo? Well, like you said, they eat mice and rats and bigger ones even eat rabbits. And they can digest every part of the animal, except its hair. So that's what comes out the other side. That's rotten! Here's some more wild facts now on Did You Know? Hey girls, did you hear about the two giraffes who crashed into each other? No. Did you, Sadie? No, didn't hear a thing. There was a terrible giraffe jam. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Alpaca. Alpaca who? Alpaca the car and you pack the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know a grizzly bear's bite is so strong it can crush a bowling ball? Did you know giant tortoises are the longest living animals on Earth? In 2006, a male tortoise called Adwaita died at the age of 255 in Kolkata. Did you know koalas' fingerprints are so similar to humans they often cause confusion in crime scenes? Did you know elephants are the only animal that can jump? Even when running, they always keep one foot on the ground. Did you know the world's deadliest animal isn't a shark or a tiger, but the mosquito? About 725,000 people die every year from mosquito-borne diseases. Did you know the smell of a skunk is powerful enough for a human to smell up to 5 kilometers away? Did you know that little-known pangolin is the world's most poached and trafficked animal? This is due to the high demand for their scales in medicine and meat in Asian cultures. Did you know a tiger's back legs are so powerful that they have been found standing even after death? They were great jokes from Killian, Sadie and Maria. Yes, and great facts from Hassini, Adele, Sinead, Lucy, Killian, Tyler, Alex and Noah. You know, it struck me that a lot of our wild talk today has been related to faraway countries. What is your favourite Irish wild animal, Jake? 
I know it's extinct now, but I do like the Irish elk. It was one of Ireland's largest deer, being seven foot tall. Wow. And doesn't it have absolutely ginormous yeah. antlers? I think that's how it got extinct, because its antlers were too big for its head. And I think it was something to do with the Ice Age as well. Have you ever been to the Dead Zoo in Dublin? Uh, no, I don't think I've actually ever visited that. Well, it's not officially called the Dead Zoo. I'm talking about the Natural History Museum. It's home to more than 10,000 specimens, but the most impressive is as you walk through the doors into the lower gallery and you're met by these two ginormous elk skeletons. What other wild animals can you tell me about? Well, I know Ireland has the Irish hare and they actually survived the Ice Age. And you know when you were talking about St. Patrick banishing the snakes from Ireland in episode three? Yeah, now, Jake, don't tell me that we have snakes in Ireland. Well, we've got something closely related to snakes. What? The viviparous lizard. I didn't know that we had lizards in Ireland. It's the only one. Okay, I better watch out for that, so. What's our largest wild animal? The red deer's our largest. Are they the ones in the Phoenix Park in Dublin? No, they're the fallow deer. They're smaller and they're brownish colour with white spots. They're beautiful, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And anyone else who's seeing a deer up close might get a bit of an idea of what it might be like to see a tiger up close. Something my next guest will never forget. Hi Colin, welcome to KidCast. Thanks very much for having me. Colin, you've been filming wildlife for 30 years and your dad, Barney Johnson, was Ireland's first TV gardener. Did you always know you wanted to follow a similar career path? Well, yeah, I knew I wanted to do something that involved nature in some way. I mean, I spent a lot of time following my dad around as I was a kid and learning about gardening. I was always interested in the things that were sort of feeding on the plants, landing on the plants. Not so much the plants themselves at that time. Yeah. What brought you from gardens to filming wild tigers in India and monkeys in Indonesia? After I left school, I took about seven years off to travel around the world to see as much of the natural world as I could. I used to always go get a checkup before I went away. I went in to get my teeth checked at the dentist in London. I picked up a guide to the universities in the UK and there was a degree in biology and filmmaking biological imaging. I'd never had much interest in cameras, really. But then I thought this might be a way that I could make a living doing what I like to do. That's so cool. Did you ever have any close encounters with wild animals? Quite a few over the years. um, I spent quite a few years of my life filming tigers. Myself and my friend Celine probably spent more time with the tiger family than anyone ever had. The BBC sent me out to India to film them. I got to know them really well. And I sort of knew where my tigers were and I knew about their behaviours. But one day I got out of my jeep thinking there were none of my tigers around. And there weren't. And I walked up this dry riverbed when I heard a sound you never want to hear when you're on foot. It was a sort of a low... And I can say I was rooted to the spot. Did she like run away? They got within about, I suppose, 15 metres, slammed on the brakes and veered off to the right. And I quite quickly wandered in the other direction. It was just to push me away. And a very strange thing happened. About half an hour later, all my fingernails and fingers got really sore. It was just some really strange reaction to probably a massive adrenaline rush of complete terror. What was your favourite moment when filming animals? One wonderful moment was when you mentioned uh, filming monkeys in Indonesia earlier. I was sent there a few years ago to make a film about the crested black macaques. I might be there by myself watching all the family groups grooming each other all day long. And it was on my very last day of filming. I was lying down in the forest looking through my camera when I felt these little hands on my head grooming me all over. It was the most wonderful feeling. It was a sense that I'd been sort of accepted into that group. 
Recently, you made a programme for RTE called The Wild Gardener. How are wild gardens different to traditional gardening? The idea of my garden is how can I get as many creatures as possible to come and live here with me? So if there was something like a butterfly flying over my place, I think, well, I can plant nettles because they lay their eggs on nettles. A lot of the traditional gardening, it's the opposite. Those exotic plants don't do much for our ecology here. But if you plant Irish plants when you're in Ireland, all the Irish insects that depend on them, they turn up and then your garden becomes this sort of ecosystem. So within a year of me planting up my garden, I've got frogs, I've got newts, I've got lizards, lots of birds, lots of different butterflies, dragonflies and damselflies because I've made a pond where they can live. Sometimes, you know, you hear quite a lot of bad environmental news from around the world. You can't do an awful lot about maybe saving the Amazon basin, but you can do an awful lot about saving the little creatures that could live in your garden with you. That's so cool. Okay, Colin, speaking of gardening, do you have any good gardening jokes? Well, I'm not sure if you call them good, but I heard one the other day. What flower say to the little flower? I'm not sure. What's up, bud? <laughs> I have one for you too. What type of plant is painful? I don't know. A face plant. <laughs> good one. Okay, Colin, thank you so much for joining me today on KidCast. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it too. Thanks again, Colin. That was a really, really interesting interview, Jake. You know, I've always really appreciated the traditional garden, but Colin has given me a totally different perspective that really it's a space that I should be inviting wildlife to come and live in and share with me. And it's not just because it's good for the planet, but it also sounds really beautiful. You're right, Jake. It absolutely does. Now, we need to discuss this swinging back through the jungle because I am not camping here tonight. Camping? Have you figured out Ethan's riddle? I haven't, but KidCast's honour is depending on you. You still think you know what it is? I think I still know. Okay, hit me. Brother six played Scrabble with brother two. He played Scrabble. Brother two couldn't play it on his own. Well done, Jake. High five. You are the first kid in Series 2 to guess the riddle. I am so impressed. That's amazing. And thank you, Ethan, for sending in such a great riddle. If you would like to challenge us or make us laugh or tell us interesting facts, then check us out at kidcast.ie or kidcast on Facebook or Instagram. A big thanks to our wild cast this week and, of course, Jungle Jake. Thanks, Kira. I'm Kira O'Donoghue and you've been listening to... KidCast! Supported by RTE Kids and the Arts Council. Next week, KidCast School Tour is headed to some more wild kids at Port Leash Educate Together. So we'll see you then. Bye! Bye.